Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we have a lady called Maxine. She is a divorce detox coach. Maxine has been so generous because this is the second time we're recording this podcast because the first podcast got deleted off of my laptop. Um, Maxine helps women become deliciously divorced. Now when I saw this I was like oh my god how can you become deliciously divorced? So Maxine welcome and please tell us about your divorce story. Hello, Khalifa. I feel like we're just such good friends now. We're doing this the second time. I know. Um, do you know what? I remember once, um, I can't remember what it was, but I think I'd been writing like a big blog or something and it got deleted. And I was just like beside myself. So I thought, how can I like redo this blog and enjoy it? And I, and I thought to myself, I'm just going to make it better. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's an opportunity here for us to, you know, let this shine even better and make it even more deliciously juicy. <laughs> so um, delicious divorce. Yes. Um, I think it's really about for me that, you know, I've been divorced twice and um, I both times, fortunately, I set the intention to have a healthy divorce. And I really believe that divorce, like any other sort of major life crisis, um, a bereavement, losing your job, uh, you know, financial breakdown, health issues, they really are an opportunity for our personal transformation. And like they're a catalyst for our growth. So when I look at divorce, while you're going through the pain and the heartache and I, you know, in my experience myself and in all the many, many women that I have and men that I've coached, nobody ever wants to get divorced. Nobody ever sets out thinking, oh, yeah, well, don't worry, I'll get divorced if it doesn't work out, you know. But there is an opportunity for us to, you know, if we hold that hope that we could be deliciously happy, deliciously fulfilled, living our most radiant best life, taking the pain that we've had and using that to help us transform into a better version of ourselves, maybe a more kinder, compassionate version, then why not? Why not have an intention to be deliciously divorced? <laughs> that is awesome. How did you actually become a divorce detox coach? Um, so the Divorce Detox is my methodology. Um, it's an online course that I've written and um, it's a book that I'm trying to finish. <laughs> um, and it's really, um, you know, originally I trained as a psychotherapist. I was a spiritual psychotherapist. I was a bereavement counsellor. And I then trained in coaching. Um, I'm a calling in the one coach, a heart math coach. So I've got a lot of skills behind me. And the divorce detox is a method of healing that you have to firstly 
decide to heal you know people sort of talk about the fact that old oh, time heals everything uh no it doesn't i know lots and lots of people that come to me 10 15 years on um who have never healed have never you know they're still carrying that heartbreak around and and you know emotional trauma i.e emotional trauma is when you've had a really heightened negative experience emotional experience and in that moment, you've attached a lie, a false story, a, a false belief about yourself to what's happened. That, that is held in our bodies and we carry it with us. So if you don't actively participate in healing, you know, your breakup, your divorce, your separation or other stuff that's happened in your life, you're going to carry it with you. So, so really, for me, I think my own experiences led me to naturally go down the path of being a divorce coach and a relationship coach. Wow. So like in the global pandemic, the divorce rates have actually gone high. Why are so mm. many people getting divorces right now? Um, I was chatting about this to a lawyer yesterday that I do some work with. And, you know, one of the things is, is that I think a lot of relationships like a lot of people struggle in their relationships and it's very easy to sort of paper over the cracks by going out by having a very very busy work life by socializing by going to the gym and spending a lot of time outside the home yeah. and this is what we call like couples often uncouple so the relationship is breaking down yeah so you're becoming separate individuals in your in your relationship but you have this facade, often children help us have this facade of being together and you end up communicating about the children or money or stuff like this, but you're not really coupled as a couple anymore. And in this instance, often there can be secrets, people can be having affairs. And I think what's happened in the pandemic, I can, I, my guess is a lot of people probably were having, you know, possibly emotional affairs you know with someone at work or someone that they knew and they they were carrying these on outside of their homes but with the pandemic suddenly you're 24 7 uh, how many months of the year with your partner in close proximity and when you are in close proximity whatever you focus on will expand and so you really have to address what is going on and so those relationships that were already under massive strain have really felt that you know you've had to look at it and say okay I don't want this anymore this isn't working or it's got so untenable for many people mm -hmm. that they have had you know got to the point where they break up separate divorce um and and the interesting thing is like couples whose relationships have have been good prior to the pandemic their relationships have blossomed in the closeness that the pandemic has um you know the opportunity where they they found ways to actually work together and and actually find more joy you know, i'm not saying everybody's done that yeah. but they found a bit more joy in their relationship and they've reconnected over things that are most important to them and they've you know they've found that the being together has, has helped to bond their family and and their and their relationship and ignited more 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 passion and joy um so i think you know if if you were struggling beforehand it, it's it's really just made you have to face yeah it's made you have to face yourself really hasn't it so how can what are the real steps to healing after you get a divorce then okay yeah that's a great question how do we heal um so for me i think like i said you've got to set an intention to heal you you've got to decide i want to heal this okay mm -hmm. setting that intention um is is the first part 
why do you want it? Like, what, what do you really want? How do you want to feel? And the reason why we do this is, is, is whatever we focus on, whatever we start to pour our energy and our attention into, we can create, we start to create more of that. So very often in a breakup, what happens is people are focusing on their partner. Why me? What, what, what did I do wrong? Am I not you know, beautiful enough? Did I, did I nag too much? I put on too much weight, all these types of things. And they start obsessing about what their partner is doing. Who are they with? Who are they going out with? Well, so what happens is that's like a spiral of going downwards. Yeah. You want to create a spiral. I'm not saying ignore what you're feeling. I'm saying you want to set an intention that you want to heal from from your breakup, from your, you know, your divorce, et cetera, et cetera. And in doing that, you set yourself on a path to finding, um, you know, one of the biggest problems people face is the intense emotions that they have, whether that's, you know, resentment, anger, jealousy, rage, um, feeling unloved, sadness. So you want to learn to how to take those emotions, be with them, like actually sit with them and let them move through you. Mm. And then underneath every emotion, there is a positive intent for a need that wants to be met. So what I mean by that is, you know, often, particularly in affairs and things, people you know that they're really angry or they're really resentful there's a lot of resentment where where we have expectations in our marriage of our partner that haven't been met so when we take that those that resentment or that anger it might be that you needed to speak your truth it might be that you needed to set healthy boundaries maybe you just needed to value yourself and and really honor yourself in the relationship and there's lots of ways that you weren't doing that so that underneath that emotion yeah um there's a need for you to begin to make new commitments to yourself and so what I teach my clients is taking the emotion using it to help move you forward in a healthy way as opposed to the emotion using you and like you being a victim of your emotions. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's the second part. So it's like set an intention, learn to have power and mastery over your emotions. So lots of tips and tools that you can learn practical things. And then it's like you've got to reclaim your power because often and, and even you know what? I mean, even if like you're the one that's decided that you want the relationship to be over, that doesn't mean that it's an easy ride for someone because you can have all your attachments to you know, marriage to the fact that you think, you know, divorce isn't a, the right thing to do. You might have children, you've got a lot of guilt, all these different difficult things. So the part around, um, you know, reclaiming your power is taking responsibility like, okay, so <laughs> what happened? Why did the relationship break down? What was your part in the breakdown? Because guaranteed, even if you were amazing and incredible, which I'm sure all your listeners are, there's going to be that part of us that, you know, we, we too are responsible. And I, I can look at this, you know, in, it was very, in my first marriage, it was very, um, you know, we, we had had an on-off relationship before we got married. I was young. I was 26. I, I'd, I'd, I'd had a major heartbreak before that, that really I hadn't recovered from. Yeah. And I got into this relationship with this person who I loved and he was great. And we had a really nice life and five years together on, off, on, off. I eventually said, well, you either marry me or you don't. So he married me. 
Yeah. I kind of really forced him into it. Yeah. And six months into the marriage, I had an affair. And of course, I felt I felt guilty. I felt all these different emotions. So I tried for five years to work hard at that marriage to, you know, because that's what my parents did, you know, got that messaging in my system. And really, we both changed. He didn't, he decided he didn't want kids and I, I wanted kids. And at that point when he said that to me, it was just, well, that's a no brainer. I'm not staying here. But the thing is, you see, is I wasn't really taking responsibility. And if I had owned up, spoken up earlier, yeah. I would have like ended my own suffering as well as his. And what was interesting is he actually told me when we broke up, when we finally broke up, that he too had met someone six months into us getting married. And he was really angry with me because he felt he'd married me, he was tied to me, and he'd met someone else. And imagine if we'd both been honest. Imagine if mm-hmm. six months in, I had said to him, look, this has happened. And he said to me, look, this has happened. Just imagine how different things could have been. Yeah. So I think it's really important to be honest and to take responsibility. And in taking responsibility, we reclaim our power. We get to be like authentic and real and honest. And I'm not saying that you should go and tell the person that you've had an affair. Don't try and don't hurt them just to appease your guilt. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that, you know, if we if we put in the the power outside of ourselves, in somebody else, in our circumstances, in whatever it is, money, in the other person being wrong, or if we're constantly blaming the other person, that keeps us away from our own power. And part of healing is being able to say, you know, what, what part did I do wrong and how can I make amends? So, so it's a little bit like a 12 step program, to, to be honest, you know, you have to make amends to yourself yeah. and to appropriately to the other people involved and that gives you a sense of freedom and then what should, the other part is is looking at okay what's the false story because I guarantee you if 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 you've had heartbreak have you, have you had heartbreak Khalifa have you yes yeah <laughs> someone's broken your heart in the past yeah <laughs> and have you broken someone else's heart indeed yeah yeah exactly I, I, I strongly believe that we are a villain in someone's story you know oh so, I love that yeah. we are a villain that's a wonderful way to put it I might use that actually I'll, I'll credit you but yeah we are like absolutely I mean you know the, the the man that broke my heart you know when I was 21 I traveled the world with him and we'd gone backpacking around Southeast Asia we lived in Australia for a year I thought he was gonna we were gonna get married I like I really did and when he broke up with me he, he'd come back and he said you know I love you I think you're amazing you're beautiful but you know, I, I feel like you're my sister now, and I and I and I don't want to get married. You know, now, do you think I heard him say, "I love you. I think you're amazing. You're beautiful." Yeah. I heard him say, "There's something wrong with you." Yeah. Like, I'm I'm sure he didn't say that to me internally. You know, so I spoke about emotional trauma when we have an emotional event. We, we, we make up a story, we give ourselves, we, we basically lie yeah, to ourselves. And that's what happened. I, I told myself this story that there was something wrong with me. And that probably came from childhood anyway, that I'd internalized that at some point. So this is what we call a limiting belief, a false belief, a false identity. Yeah. And very often what happens is in our relationships, we're not showing up as our most you know, complete, authentic, 
you know, amazing soulful self. We're showing up as this lesser version of ourselves that's got this wound, that's got this false identity in relation to love. And in fact, the beauty of all relationships is that you can come together to heal this. But often you've got two people that are unconscious with this with this wound, wounded inner child. Mm. And you know, you know, when you think about the arguments that you have in your relationships, you know, for all your listeners here, think of those arguments. How often are you in your, your power as a woman? Or how often are you showing up as that that little girl that's hurt, that wants to be seen, that wants to be, you know, getting approval, wants to be validated, wants love. And so we behave in ways to try to get those things. Yeah. And often to the detriment of our of our our power and our well-being and, and and respect for ourselves you know so so this part of the you know really ha- ha- you know healing yourself is looking at that false self and, and realigning to your truth and there's lots of different techniques that we use to help you know I help clients to do that and then the next part is is my favorite bit as well is what I call love reimagined so you have to reimagine love and that's where the delicious bit comes in. Like, really, what, what, what is love really for you? Like, you've, you've evolved, you've learned the lessons, you've grown, you've, you've got this new version of yourself that's integrated and, wo- you know, got all the, the heartache woven into you. But out of that can come, like, great love and great compassion and kindness and, mm. you know, a real new sort of discovery of life and and beauty and all that sort of stuff so so that's my sort of my five steps to healing awesome do you know as you were talking um I did textiles when I was a kid and when you talk about um reweaving things um there are two ways in which you can when you sew two fabrics together that you can remove it you can either remove it with a stitch ripper yeah, so like a little, a little, little scissors that cuts the fabric apart, so you can actually start again and sew the two yep. items together. Or what other people used to do when I did my textiles course was that they would rip the fabric apart. Mm. You know, and whenever they would rip it, the likelihood of them causing damage was very high in comparison to taking some time and gently cutting each, mm. each, um, each stitch. You know, yes, and I find that with relationships that when you try and just quickly heal and quickly move on and quickly you know Mm. get over something the likelihood of you causing damage not only to yourself but to someone else is very very high and if you gently actually re-examine re-love re you know think about who you want to be again who 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 were you in that relationship who was that other person why did you pick them you know and the likelihood is that when you actually break away you can actually be united with someone else without causing any further damage yeah absolutely I love that analogy and I think that's so beautifully um you know and it's it's just it's just so true isn't it because you see there's this there's this thought and 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 you know I mean I'm I'm a trained calling in the one coach yeah so it was um a book very very famous book written by Catherine Woodward Thomas who also did conscious uncoupling Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin used her she was the therapist that helped them to uncouple in a healthy way yeah so I'm trained by Catherine and calling in the one which is a book on how to attract your soulmate yeah is actually really that like when you go through the program and you work you know you can work with the book or you can work with a coach when you go through it what what you realize is you are the one yeah like we are the one we are the divine one 
we are the love of our lives and our source of love is within us. Yeah. So when you go into relationship, yeah, the way you are loving yourself and how much love you feel for yourself will be reflected in the relationship you attract to you. So here's, here's the beauty, which is linking to what you were just saying is that when we recognize that every relationship is an opportunity for us to grow and to evolve. And that when some relationships come to an end, it's not because we failed. It's not because, you know, they're a bad person or we're a bad person. It's because you both, your souls came together to learn and to discover and to give you both an opportunity to maybe learn, you know, realize actually I want to be this type of person or, you know, I, I don't know about you, but we, I'm sure you have been in relationships where you don't recognize yourself, yeah. like you lose yeah. who you are. I, I often tell people that are in relationships that relationships are like mirrors. You have to mm. be happy with who is looking back at you, you know? So yeah. you have to be very, very careful who you, you pick. And I used to say to my, um, my ex that when we were, when we were in a relationship that I've jumped into a boxing ring with you to fight against the world and you've turned around and you've punched me, you know? Right. So it's kind of like, you have to know who you're jumping into the ring with, you know, Mm. are they going to fight you or are they going to fight the world with you? Yeah. Do you know, and that's really interesting. So that analogy around like jumping into a boxing ring, had you felt that in pre all relationships or just that particular relationship? That particular relationship, because when we first got together, my friends and family didn't like him. So it was right. kind of like I t- took a stand that, do you know what? It's me and you against the world. But oftentimes right. I feel like other people can see certain things, but because we get defensive, you know, like, yes. no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. And I did not want my mom to be right. And yet yeah. she was right. <laughs> Mums, eh? <laughs> yeah. like the first day she met him, she was like, Mm-mm, I don't like him. And I was like, no, I love yeah. him. You know, Romeo and Juliet. You know, but yeah. we, we we love Romeo and Juliet so much, but we forget the fact that they died. <laughs> that is yeah. not a good, that is not a good love story at all. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it was just us against the world. And to be quite honest, they were right. They were right. Do, do you know it's interesting you say that? My parents, when I um, my first marriage, when we went to them, and uh, my then you know soon to be fiance said, "Oh, you know, I wanted you know your bless. We want your blessings." My dad said, "No." <laughs> He actually said, no, he said, I don't think you two are a good match and you don't really have my blessing. You know, and obviously we were like not very happy about that when we still got married. But, you know, maybe like parents do have some interesting insights into their children and stuff. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it's, you know, going back to that sort of relationship, relating you sort of talking about the mirror. Yeah. The mirror is reflecting back to you. So you, in your partner, what often happens is we the stuff about ourselves that we don't like, that we disown, we project, yeah, onto our partner and they are reflecting it back to us. So for couples that are in relationship that want to, you know, help their relationship grow, the things that irritate you about your partner, yeah, if you look at that and you say, okay, so what what's that really about myself? Like, how do I see that aspect of them in myself? Do I like that in myself? Do I, do I own that part of me? You know, so like, you know, I'll give you an example, laziness in someone. Uh, you know, if you notice and you're always complaining 
about your partner being lazy. Now, it might be that you don't like laziness in yourself and you're never lazy. You're always doing lots and lots of things. And so when you see it in someone else, you get annoyed and irritated and it rubs you up the wrong way and you, you scream and shout at them, et cetera, et cetera. That, that is reflecting back to you an aspect of yourself that maybe you do everything. You know, maybe because you don't like to be seen as lazy, you take on board everything. And therefore, it gives permission for somebody else to be that when you won't let yourself be that yourself. And that's not to condone their behavior. <laughs> that's not saying they, they've got every right to be lazy. What it's saying is that you need to do the work on yourself and ask for more help. Because guaranteed, if you just do everything in your relationship, and this happens a lot, it really does. And I, I, many couples have come to me in lockdown and said, you know, I'm doing everything, my partner. And it's like, well, do you ask for help? Well, no, he should see that I need help. Okay, this is an opportunity for you to actually be real and sit down and state what you need. And it goes back to what are you feeling? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need help. You know, and there can be so, so many incidences where we've learned that it's not okay to ask for help. It shows that I'm weak or this or whatever we make up about it. So, you know, everything is an opportunity for you to, to grow and to evolve. And it's just, if, you, if we can take a step back, you know, often I think what happens is, you know, we have these feelings and we think we have to act on every feeling that we have. Whereas actually, if you can step back from your feelings and almost like, observe it and go okay so what be curious what is the oh, oh sorry that's my phone going off be curious what is this about for me you know what is it bringing up in me and and just acknowledge acknowledge the feeling and then ask yourself what is it that I need what is what is it really giving me you know an opportunity to develop okay so what is your hope for individuals that are seeking a divorce right now then what would your hope be um, well, definitely my hope would be that they can choose to divorce with kindness, with compassion, and really sort of seeking what we call a good divorce. You know, there's a lot, um, there's a whole movement for what we call the, a, a good divorce, like a healthy divorce, mm. um, you know, moving more towards um, mediation, looking to, you know, create a win-win for everyone concerned. Mm. And, you know, I think that it's really important, you know, so like initially, if you're in separation phase right now, it's give each other that space. Mm -hmm. And often what can happen because we're, you know, our, when we, when we, when we're in a relationship, we become like our identity is a married couple, isn't it? Or a couple, you know, if you even, if you're not married, but you're in a long-term relationship, your identities are entwined. And so as you're separating out those identities and beginning to be your, you know, your own separate individuals, what is really important is to recognize that the things you used to expect from your partner has, is going to change. So if you can step back and just, just sort of say, okay, what did, what did I expect from them or what would I normally expect? Write those things down and then, and then just sort of say, okay, how can I help get, the, get those things met? So if you've got a lot of support from your partner and they're no longer willing to give you support, set up a good support system for yourself. Little things like that. Take that step back from each other and then really, you know, set that intention, you know, 
to be kind, eat, you know, to be compassionate, healthy boundaries. I'm not saying let them walk all over you, but really, you know, at the end of it, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? And when I divorced my first husband, it was really, you know, it was really unusual because we, 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 we separated and we lived in the, we had, we had to sell our home and I was living in the lounge and he was living in the, the bedroom. <laughs> like we slept because I just thought I'm not I can't keep sleeping in the same bed it's the wrong message you know he wanted to get back together so I, I felt more comfortable sleeping in the lounge so I made that decision and I said you know it's, it's you know I need to do this because I think it's healthier blah 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 um but when we had sold the house which all happened very quickly um I decided to call him because he was really like being he was angry he was really angry <laughs> um and I decided that I would call him my good friend, Paul, because that was his name. And anytime anyone spoke about him, I'd just say, oh, yeah, my good friend, Paul. And, and anytime I thought about him, that's what I said to myself. And I set the intention that one day we would be friends. Now, bearing in mind, we, we, a year later, I met someone, fell in love and fell pregnant within four months of being with that person. Right. Which, which I didn't like was crazy. And I mean, I, mean, I married him. That was my second husband. I married him. Um, but I then said to him, I rang up my first husband and I said, look, please, can I have a divorce? I'm pregnant and I'm moving countries. I'm moving to South Africa. And he said, no. Now, that would be a really good time to hate someone, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know, what? I'm just not going to become that person. I, I do not want to trash the 12 years because at one point I did really love him and he he's a great guy. You know, he wasn't, you know, a bad person. You know, no one's really a bad person, are they? They might behave badly, but they're not really a bad. Their soul's not bad. And so I set that intention. So I would say, set an intention for yourself as to who you want to be yeah. and hold that as a standard for yourself. And, you know, even when people, people do behave badly. I'm not saying you condone bad behavior or you let it go. But what I'm saying is you have the right to stand in your power and your authority as to who you want to be and how you want to show up. And what that does is that will, that will shape your ability to heal and to move on in a powerful way. And I believe that everybody can have that. I really, like, I really truly do believe that. That's awesome. So where can people find you on social media, Maxine? Um, so, well, best place is Instagram because I'm not, I, although I'm on Facebook, I don't go on there. Um, so Divorce Detox Coach is um, my Instagram handle. And my website is Maxine Clancy, C-L-A-N-C-Y.com. And there's lots of stuff on there, um, some free videos and bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, I'd love just DM me, send me a message if you, if you want to find out about coaching or if you've got any questions, that would be wonderful. Maxine, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast again. And yeah, I'm delighted. <laughs> to become deliciously divorced, yeah. I'm not really into remakes. I always feel like it's not as good as the original, but this remake has been amazing. Yeah, I think it's been really cool, hasn't it? And I'm amazed. I, th I think we just talked about it all in a different way. Yeah, so, yeah, um, no, it's been yeah, magnificent. It thank you good. so much for coming. It's on. my absolute pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm sending mm -hmm. all you and your, your all the single gorgeous mums out there lots of love. Thank uh -huh. you. Take care. Bye. Bye.